Hello, Christopher. Hello, Grant. Are you a ghost? I'm a ghost. What? what why didn't you tell the listeners what happened? It's the war up. I went to the world's most expensive wedding ever. I don't know. I went to a wedding in a castle. That's true. Recently. This, this hired out the entirety of a National Trust garden. <laughs> That's pretty big. How many yurts are we talking? It was four yurts linked together. Mmm, a yurt complex. <laughs> a yurtplex. Didn't need was, to do that. There was an, <coughs> an air show. What? There was an air show. Um, oh, I, th- I thought you were, you were exaggerating. What, they had planes? Yeah, two two planes. Uh, the groom's The groom's brother and his brother's friend flew hearts in the sky, releasing fireworks from the back of their planes. That is quite elaborate. It, it was... It was a sight, yeah. and like they actually, they'd clearly plotted out incredibly carefully because the last one they did, they did this enormous fiery heart with yeah. the moon in the centre. Oh fuck off! From really? where we were, really, the moon was dead in the centre of this. That's heart. not possible to do, surely. There was, they, I, I don't know how they did it, but they were so good. Bloody hell! Because like I, uh, I, I went to a, I went to a wedding at a castle which had a, had, a, had like a seven gun salute at the end of it. That's pretty cool. With cannon and like several bands, but having wow, having having a heart across the moon in fire, yeah, it was impressive. That's elaborate. I don't think I love anyone that much, even you. <laughs> <coughs> no, I, I I love you, but like I'd, I'd probably just like like get get a sausage and put some put a ketchup heart around it, maybe. Oh, it'd be nice, wouldn't it? I could really go for that right now, honestly. Yeah. So you um you also danced. I seem to remember you saying. I I did. I attempted a dance. So it's it's worth saying, listener. I um I have I love dancing. I adore it, and I've been trying to get my best friend Christopher Taylor to dance either with me or within my eyeline for ten years, and he's just been no no every time. And apparently, all it took was four yurts and a couple of stunt planes. <laughs> That's all it would have taken to tip me over the edge. And free access to um from what I can tell unguarded hooch. Yeah, just oh, they let me run rampant. <laughs> like a kid in the candy like a big drunk kid in a candy oh, shop. Oh yeah. There was also candy. There was a pick and mix. Oh what? I've still got some here. I filled a, I filled a quite a big pack. <laughs> It sounds like it sounds like you've made back the money you spent on your suit. Yeah, I did rather. Wow, it sounds it sounds like a hell of a day. It was it was really impressive, uh, but mm-hmm. I am now exhausted. Yeah, and probably still drunk. I hope you're not too exhausted and or drunk to record a podcast. Not a, not at all. Not at all. Let's do it. Let's get right to it then. That let's was the make intro. it happen. Let's let, let's not do the intro this week. <laughs> <laughs> let's just leave it right at that. Honestly, I'm a bit tired of the answer your role playing questions, whether you, whether you want us to or not. It just seems a bit. It, it it doesn't it doesn't really feel like it, it's not on brand. But also, like we have a lot of people now sending us questions to yeah. answer. Yeah. So it feels a bit mean to say, "Well, we're going to do it anyway." Well, like yeah. we'll we'll come up. We'll get we'll get a better catchphrase. If you have any ideas of better catchphrases, please send them in. Serious answers only. Um, Self addressed envelope. Um. Well, or they can use Twitter. That's a lot easier. Because I'm not telling you my address. <laughs> what? Because you're already going to get a stalker. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Second, they know the address. <laughs> it's popping up from the woods nearby. Let's let's get right to it, Christopher. I'm going to ask let's you a question. Do it. So, first question comes in from Lviv, 
on Reddit, who says, would you find a courage stat to be interesting or frustrating? I think interesting, actually. Mm. My, my, my snap uh, decision was frustrating. Before we carry on, sorry, there's someone having a big yell outside my window, so I'm going to go close the window over, okay? Okay, you do just, that. Just, just, just keep chatting to them while, while I just go. Just vamp. But no, like, if you've got a courage stat, then that's everybody very much getting on board with the fact that courage is a part of the game. So when they actually end up rolling those dice and using their courage stat, they don't feel bad if they end up running away. And he's back. I'm back. You've also missed my amazing description. Of? The courage stat. Oh, well, it's a shame. I I will get to listen to it later when I edit this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've never never felt the need to shout in public when I wasn't drunk. And this person didn't sound drunk. It's like, what's so important? Do you ever ever see people, like, like on trains? And they'll, they'll, they'll be on a train. And, like... It's not. It's it's clearly something that's so important to them. They have to yell and swear into a phone. I, I find that very odd because I'm always mousy quiet when talking yeah, on the phone. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. No, I, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm on a train. No, I'm on a train. Yeah, yeah. I don't want anyone to hear this private conversation I'm having. Yeah, no, I'm in the Sistine Chapel. Yeah, rather rather than rather like no. I said I wanted. It. I can't believe you're treating me this way. This is over and over. This has happened. No, listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. Put Sylvia on, okay? Sylvia, listen. I cannot believe this has happened. Nothing's that important. No. Send a message. Send a text. Really angry text. Stop yelling in, in what amounts to a moving living room I'm sat in. Packed. Packed with other people. Courage stat, yeah? Courage stat. I I think it could be good. I think that one of, one of the big problems we have in role-playing games is people not letting the enemies, or not letting challenges infect their mind. Mm. Uh, if you want someone to be scared, so like, I think like, for example, in um, I think it's um, 13th Age, dragons uh, inflict fear. I think it's, or like, I forget which, which, which D&D it is, but, so, dragon but, lands. Um, but dragons inflict fear, which gives you a minus to hit unless you play a super cool dragon-slaying paladin. And that is the only way that you can mechanically represent fear in Dungeons and Dragons. Because people don't give a shit if someone runs up to them and stabs them through the chest and it's like, you lose 20 hit points. Ah, it's a shame. Okay, cool. Rather than, you want to leave. No, I don't. Yeah. You can't, you can, like, there's, there, because of that antagonistic um, point of view, and also because it kind of it kind of feels shitty to be told what you're feeling. Um and because people inhabit their characters very fully, and so like rather than my character walks across the room, it's like oh, I'm walking across the room, you know. Um, people get quite cheesed off when when they're told what they're feeling or, or 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 what they're doing, and so people will will like fiercely defend the space between their characters' ears as the one last sacred space the GM can't come into, and so you have to resort to things like supernatural abilities or madness to get in there, rather than rather than simply you know what you're not feeling it today. Yeah, like being actually scared is legitimate if you're a yeah. dungeoneer. Yeah, and, and I, I think a courage stat could really, really work because, as I mentioned while you were closing windows, mm-hmm. it's something everybody's bought into because it's a rule. Yeah, because it's a part of the game. It's it, you're aware of it before before you go in. 
I'd be interested as well as seeing it, like, I think, rather than courage, like, morale. I think I'd be interested in having that as a stat. So, like, assuming that... Assuming you're going in, you're going dungeoneering, it's probably not just the three of you. You've got a load of boys with you as well. Yeah. So, like, when you like when you first start failing morale checks, then your hirelings start pissing off. And that's and that's a rule which has existed for a while in D&D in its various, in its various terms. But I like like I like the idea of like we've bought the bard, so the guys who are carrying the rope don't run away. Yeah, and the person like, carrying my food is still here. Yeah, precisely. And like and like we've got we've got like we've got a, we've got a we've got a halfling cook because everyone loves halfling cooks food, and that means that that means they'll stick around with us rather than try and steal the food and run away. And that could be a really interesting thing, like having that basically like um, relationship management and emotional management um, in a in in a game could be fun. I think. Oh, for sure. But I think that it could be quite upsetting to have um, you walk into a room. Roll me courage. Um, okay, no, you don't walk into a room. You float. And that no, could, I mean, and what you do is you but, have... I mean, but that isn't, that isn't how it would work in a good way, is it? No, you, you'd have yourself uh, make me a courage check. Okay, you mm. failed. You can either... Yes, yes, that's fun. You can either run away or you can stay, but there's a negative. And I think you could like you could have like the whole like fight or flight response that unknown armies does. Yeah. Um, and I could see certain things triggering it, like if you lose X percent of your hit points, if you see something scary, if you hit a monster and 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 you fail to inflict damage on it because it's DR, that sort of thing. Hmm. It's like oh, you know what we should leave. This is dangerous. Yeah, rather than just plugging away at it. Yeah, but like again, it's a it's a different it's a different topic. Um, like like like. Like just sitting on top of existing D and D rules doesn't fit, so obviously it would have to be baked into some sort of game. But I could definitely be, I could definitely be interested in having like, you know, what are you up for this? Are you feeling this today? Yeah. <laughs> you reckon you can handle this? Do you want to go home and lie down? Oh, we all want to go home and lie down. Yes, I assume you're recording this um, from a supine position in your bed. No, I'm in a chair. Ah, okay, la do Like an adult. Um, ask me a question. I shall ask you a question. <clears throat> uh, another Reddit one. This one mm-hmm. comes from a broken image three two one. Let's go. Thoughts on nicknames for a mob hitman. Mm. Jackie Nutcracker. Jackie Nutcracker. Just really loves Christmas. He loves Christmas. He's always eating walnuts. <laughs> He's got he, uses, those... he uses a gun. <laughs> oh no, I was imagining one of those old like painted toy soldier ones where you crack it in his mouth. Jimmy the Pickles. Jimmy no. Pickle. J- Jimmy the Pickle. Jimmy the the pickle, so called because he puts his kills in brine. That's quite good. Mm. Tabasco Jones. He definitely sounds like a superhero. I'm not just looking at condiments I have in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> soy. <laughs> Yo, soy. Yeah, he's always sourced. Mm. Okay, okay. Tommy Tucson, Ju- the monochrome man. Mm. Duke McGuinness. That's potent. Yeah, Jim McGinnis is probably Irish mob. Yeah, I imagine at that point. Um, miss completely. <laughs> this is this is going into the uh, misdemeanor. I really love having the first name miss, like uh, like misapprehension and misinformation. Yeah. I think I, th- I think there's I think there's, there's a great deal of play to be had with those and, and not enough. Like honestly, I think my favourite source of names is roller derby. I can I can see why. I'm not. I'll be honest with you. I don't really understand how the sport works. 
I'm sure I'm sure it's really exciting. From what I can tell, you're supposed to go around and then other people try and stop you, and you're on roller blows, which makes that difficult. Sure. It's like it's like you you're running loops, and like I'm I'm sure I'm sure it's very difficult. Like I I can't stand up in roller blades, let alone have a very large woman try and knock me on my ass. Yeah, she uh, doesn't really need to be there. No, well, I'd, I'd, I'll fall over, but without your assistance, madam, thank you very much. <laughs> Good day. <laughs> but their names are incredible. Like they have, like they have. Um, you take you take feminist icon or feminist movement and combine that with a word about murder, and then go. For it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a, a friend of mine is um, political vagenda. That's so good, right? If that's it's it's lovely, and it doesn't actually follow my rule, but um, I really like that. And like it's like that and burlesque names. I would quite like a burlesque. What what's your burlesque name? I don't know. Is, that, is, is it one of these things where you work it out with your... No, 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 no. Like, this, this is actually... Sorry, so for us it would be Boylesque. Although... Which is, a, which is a worse name. I'll be honest with you, neither of us have particularly boyish physiques. No. <laughs> I'm, I'm like whatever you get if Dad Bod stops lifting things. And I'm just doughy. Doughy. Um, the Pillsbury fuckboy. <laughs> 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 Film stretched over plasticine. <laughs> like mashed potatoes you found at the back of the fridge. Yeah. It's Christopher Taylor. Hey! Hey, hello. Hello, I need to sit down. Me nipple tassels are mounted on D20s. I think you'll find it quite arousing. Come to think of it, if 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 you mount if you mount a D twenty on your nipple tassel, what you have there is a chest mounted flail. Yes, that is going to hurt someone, and by someone I mean you. Obviously. What about my what about my my burlesque name? I'm quite I'm quite gothy and very very vain. I take a lot of selfies. Something vampiric. I'm trying to remember what the uh, the goth dad from Dream Daddies is. Van Self no. Van Selfie. No, I don't like it. Cunt Dracula. <laughs> cut, <laughs> cut, cut out. Cut that out. Um, good it, it, it would be if, if, if I was a lady, but it's not, very, it's not a very good boylesque name. No, that's fair. Burrito Fantastico. <laughs> Just The Crow. That one you imagined from the film. That's that right. One. That's right. The first one you thought of. Please don't sue. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe like maybe like the Raven. No, that's serious. I, I want a fun one. No, but like, so you, your outfit is is lurid, bright goth, and you're the Rave. Oh, that's great. Yeah, can I have an apostrophe between the E and the N? Of course. The Raven, and I'm right. And then like at that point, like so, like most people come out. I assume I don't really like burlesque that much, but most people come out in a blessed show, and, and and it's like it's it's like like fun, sultry music, um, or like maybe like classic rock. And I'd come out with happy hardcore playing. Yeah, and I'm I'm losing it, just just really freaking out. Up just there. eating as many glow sticks as I can before the police arrive. <laughs> <laughs> you never catch me with my stash. <laughs> so this is just glow sticks you emptied into your pockets. <laughs> <laughs> Highly illegal glow sticks. <laughs> they give me strength. I have a question here. Yeah. Uh, this one also, we'll do all the Reddit ones first. This one comes in from Reddit. It, it comes in from from Londres de Abajo. 
um, who says session zero, which itself isn't a question. But digging a little bit deeper into the into the uh, in the post, the person asks what you do for session zero, and I thought this would be a fun thing to talk about because we adore session zero so much we made it into a game. Yeah. But what I'm thinking is like Unbound for the uninitiated. Unbound is a game which we released uh, last year. It is solely focused around making a world, and then we have a combat system which lets you have fun fights in that world. But what I'm thinking is, Chris, maybe we shouldn't bother with the combat system. Sure. Maybe we should. Maybe we should discuss, Maybe we just need to get this incredible session zero. Like you know how you get like um, trailers for films which don't exist. Yep. What if we just had this? What if we wrote a role playing game system which promised an incredible session? It promised <laughs> an incredible campaign, but never actually delivered on it. I I think that's terribly easy. Hmm. But it's like, like referencing rules in books that aren't there. <laughs> Just make it completely meta. Mm. The House of Leaves RPG. Oh, I would like to write that. I'd really want to write a like a, an RPG in the style of House of Leaves. So yeah. like it's not it's not strictly playable as a role playing. And like I think like may, may, maybe like maybe if, if you really tried you could play it. But it's more someone wrote down an exploration of an other world as an RPG. And so it starts to become less hinged as you go along. Mm. I'd love that. And I think I'm one of the only people who's enough of a wanker to try and write it. Because <laughs> you sure as shit wouldn't. No. Although you have read House of Blues, it puts you one above me. Yeah, such a good It's book. so long! It's so good. I know, but it takes ages. Oh. I tried to get a book on tape, but it was quite hard to find. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be a tricksy one. So what do you do for session zero, Chris? And like, rather than like, let's say, rather than make up the whole world, let's say we're going to do. We rely on um, Dungeons and Dragons a lot here, so let's not. Let's let's pick a different system. Let's try um, Vampire the Masquerade. We're both broadly aware of that. Yeah. What would you do for a session zero in Vampire the Masquerade? So, first thing is check with the players what sort of game they want. Mm. It's a wonderful tool called the same page tool, which I recommend you look up, mm. listener. Yeah, because you, you don't want one person going, right, I'm going full combat, and the rest of them going completely political. I've got twin silver plated desert eagles which fire katanas. Yep. God, that'd be cool. <laughs> Whereas I can talk to people, I eat only jukes. <laughs> I, I can only feed from the first king of England. <laughs> wow, that's pretty. Oh, you mean like, like the first one, mm-hmm. not like the current? No. Oh, that's tricky. Is so. Like, I've got to assume like you're either, either you're dead or he's a vampire. Both. Oh, oh. mysteries abound. And so I, I think like saying, um, like uh, one of the things which, which I sort of puzzled out is, and one of the things which we've always tried to do in our games as well, is when people choose something in character, that's them communicating to you that that's what they want in the campaign. Yeah. So if they say, I want to play a ranger and I want to have these skills and these powers and it's like, oh, okay, cool, so you you want to have, you, you don't want to spend the entire game set in, set in the city or in the dungeon, you want to explore the wilderness somehow. Yeah, um, like if like, you're playing um, Blades in the Dark mm-hmm. and characters have chosen powers with, I can now punch ghosts. Yeah. And you don't put any ghosts in. Yeah, that's kind of like, like don't don't don't, yeah. don't don't do that. It's a bit, it'd be a bit like putting no fights in a D and D campaign. Yeah, or no blood drinking in a vampire campaign. I've always kind of, I've always quite wanted to run a ghoul campaign or a ghoul story in some way. 
Because vampires kind of get away with being cool, and ghouls are just shit, soup to nuts. Yeah, and like you're always beholden to somebody. Yeah, and like, and and you have to you have to try and track down like you because you're because you're you're drug addicts, and you have to try and track down the source for your drug addict, for, for your for your for your vampire blood, and it gives you like really limited superpowers. No. And I just think I think I think there's a really fun avenue to explore there. Just a um, cracked out mortals game. Basically, yeah, but also Which... you need, but like, but you all work for vampires, and maybe like you think you all work for the same the same vampire. Yeah, and there's and there's things like trying to how much you can get away with hmm. doing on your own initiative, and how much you have to do that's ordered, and yeah, and like and like, what if we manage to capture a vampire and then just feed off him? Could we have the power? Could we be a vampire? Probably yes. If you asked him nicely, and so like making sure everyone's on the same page is good. I think also that um, building relationships between the characters. Yeah, baking it like, right in, um, like, and also like not being afraid to make um, to make difficult choices to make um, to make um, it, so like in improv terms to to make interesting choices. So rather like so rather than simply having character decisions which relate to your own character, to use your character to define things about other characters. Um, it's one of the things we'd inspire actually is talking about how. Um, you have a bond with, with another player character, and this lets you define something about them, and they're rarely positive. Yeah, it's like uh, you helped another character with addiction. Who was it, and what were they addicted to? Yeah, because normally when you build a character, you you focus on the good points of them. Yeah, like what makes them special, what makes them cool, mm. and you rarely think about like, well, what makes this person a grimy fucker? Yeah, that's something which Fate does really interestingly. Actually, like, again, I'm not a huge fan of Fate. I find that the, that the meta game gets in the way. But the uh, the way in which a good aspect is a double edged sword, yeah, is a really nice way of pushing story forward. So like having like I think the example they gave is the the, the only wizard in the white pages, <laughs> uh, is the is the Harry Dresden one. And so I, I and so like hey I'm a wizard and I've done work before and I've been around the block a few times, but also I'm quite easy to find. Mm. And just and that and that and that sort of sums that all up for you in a in a handful of words. And I really respect that about fate that they have the ability to to have um, to have everything be a double edged sword because that's how you get fun stories out of it. Like it's really hard to come up with a way to make people role playing out their weaknesses interesting and mechanically rewarded. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's easier to make them interesting, mm. but to provide that feedback. Because like good game design, and this is ostensibly a game design podcast, because that's what we do legally. <laughs> Technically, Te- in a court of law, we would have to say we were games designers. Um, Gad about dandy, fuckwits, the pair of us. I think that um, you know you should reward the player be- behaviors that you want them to to, to 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 be doing. And I'm still not. I still haven't quite fathomed out how to do that for weaknesses and like and, and for them fucking themselves over. And like one of the one of the great things is, is a good player will leap at the chance to ruin their character. Yeah, um, I mean, like uh, drives and whatnot from Gumshoe. Mm. It was an interesting attempt, but it was it was a punishment for not doing it rather yeah. than a reward for doing exactly. it. Exactly, it was, but also it was GM led. Mm. Like I'm yeah. going to make this a hard driver. Yeah, you so so you have to do what, and it's like I can dig it because it's it's like it's like you so so like just explain to anyone who doesn't know what they are. Um, you had a reason why you were investigating the supernatural, a reason to go into the bottom of the crypt, basically, when yeah. you knew there was a monster that's going to kill you, and 
they and I think there were probably about fifteen of them, and it was like um, uh, curiosity, um, scientific enthusiasm, uh, thirst you just for knowledge, re- thirst for knowledge, or you just really like the occult. Um, your family's always had this weird um, habit of getting into trouble this way in the blood, and in the blood, yeah. And if you if you don't do the thing, it's like um, you have to do this, otherwise you start taking stability loss because you're because you're so behaving out of character. Yeah. Um, and like I, I can kind of do it. Like I think like it's be an interesting situation. So like uh, for you, Chris, if I asked you out dancing, uh, <laughs> I, I, I was like, all right, Chris, you and me, we're gonna go, we're gonna go take some some some, some moody whiz. I bought off a, a Scotsman at the train station. Um, we're um, we're going to go thrash our bodies about until the sun comes up. Um, you would naturally be like, no, I, I don't want to do that. that. That sounds awful. So it would be a, it would be a hard break for you to go. Yes, let's go yes, out dancing. That sounds fabulous. And that 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 would represent a huge amount of stability loss from a break in your routine. Yeah. And so I can dig it in that way, but it is a very blunt instrument for doing it. And like having a good player they will run at this opportunity like they, they 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 will delight in having having their character mess themselves and the other characters up um in an interesting way and i think i haven't found a system which does it well i'd love to find one i mean what if you made a system that focused only on the stuff you can't do we we, we had this idea a while ago like um it was you are superman and um you've all been fitted with kryptonite collars yeah so you are so, so like the assumption is you are you are good at everything but you're minus 5 at this i think i think it's tricky because like if it focuses only on only on the things you can't do it's going to put players off doing those things like like the other ideas like the the, the other things that are there you know the players are going to act in that way they're going to go and do the things which they're good at because we want to we want our player we want our characters to do well but I'm interested to hear if you have if you have any more on the matter. I mean, the only thing I can think of is to have a system where the stuff you can't do mm. is the entirety of the rules, whereas the stuff you can do is just yeah, you do it, hmm. and it's it's just glossed over. So it'd be a bit like um, a game where you play mice because there's Tell so much that mice can't do. Yeah. So like you can talk to other mice, yeah, sure, but you can't open this door. Yeah. The the reward interests me, and like and 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 so like because like the 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 thing which I love in like in in TV uh, or like when in 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 stories you get good stories you get drama when people are pushed in pushed out of their comfort zone and do stuff they're not good at, and I think possibly like not rewarding players for using their um perhaps having a a, a way to hack it into a system is to like find a skill you're shit at or don't have, uh, and if you do it. Um, you uh, if you do it and it matters, mark XP. You get you get XP. Yeah. Or I mean, the other way would be anything on your. If you do anything that's on your character sheet, mm-hmm. you can't gain XP from it. Mm. If you that's do something that's not on your character sheet, you can. Yeah, that's an interesting idea, and so also it encourages exploration. And I think like at that point, you got you got some issues like, oh, this week I'm going to do basket weaving. Can I get some XP, please, mate? Yeah, yeah. Obviously, you, know, you do run into that sort of issue, but. I'd be interested in having, or like, or like, um, rather than having um, viewing it a bit like compels in um, in World of Darkness. So, like in, in World of Darkness, if you if you if you're mind controlled, then you get XP when you put your character in harm's way um, because of the mind control. Mm-hmm. And so, I think saying, you know what, here's here's one of my central flaws. Um, I get over my head. I lie too much and get into trouble. 
And so I'm going to write that down. And then when I lie too much and get into trouble, I get to uh, get back hit points. I get to get back um, willpower or what have you. Yeah. A bit like a bit like you had virtue and vice in in, in World of Darkness, uh, the the old not old Ward, new Ward, but not Chronicles of Darkness. Of One of the older versions of Ward. Yes, new Ward is currently about fifteen years old. I think. <laughs> <laughs> new Ward can basically drive in some states. <laughs> so, I think that I, I think that having ha- having like focusing around scene frame. This is not the question that was asked. No, but I think that like uh, I think focusing the idea around scene framing and saying like, oh, okay, well, I want to get in over my head. I want this to be a problem. And I think if other characters can suggest it as well, so like if you've got the capacity to suggest someone else's problem, then you get a bit of XP as well if they if they take the idea on. Yeah, that's and good, so, and that that and, builds that kind of community as well. Yeah, and like one of the most fun things I've I found about about improv is is challenging other players. So like it's. So, like for example, um, uh, um, when's the guy getting here? Oh, what you mean the shop owner? Yeah, yes, the Scotsman who lives here. Yes, the Scotsman with a limp. Yes, but he's got that terrible lisp as well. Yes, and he always insists on rolling everywhere. That sort of thing. And so, like, and so, like, like, like you said, and that was a terrible idea because you shouldn't just discuss when, when the person's getting here. That was some bad improv. But just to set up a character who is deliberately hard to to play. Yeah. And like, like to give people challenges, which which, which you know they're going to struggle with, and because it's fun to watch the and it's fun for the audience, it's fun to to play with that struggle. To have, oh man, I reckon that you are going to lie to this person, and like and and like you put forward your little you put forward your little token or whatever, or like like or like like you just I think you're going to lie to this person. The person's like, yeah, okay, I will lie to this person, and the GM nods sagely, you hand hands you whatever rewards you get in system, and that could be quite good fun as as a way of having communal story building. There's a one-page RPG in that. Well, I think there's a there's probably a thirty-page RPG in that. I think we should yeah. write it. That's fair. Um, perhaps for our uh, for our high elf um, ball gowning game. <laughs> I reckon Lady Thorns on Silk will try and fuck the bellhop. <laughs> <laughs> Ten pounds says yes. <laughs> oh, actually, that's that's a fun game. Especially yeah. if you make it all absurdly posh. Yeah. Ten quid, you can't shoot that car over this house. Oh, but oh, that's interesting. So, so like, you take it as as, as, as dick, dick gents doing yeah. wages to each other, but then you, you, you extrapolate that out into a system. And so, like, and, and so like I know your weakness. It's the ponies, isn't it? I bet you'll fuck that horse. <laughs> But you are, and yeah, I think I think it's something pretty close to that. Like in a lot of LARPs, has had like like to make to make bids. That's a strange other. act to have in a LARP. No, nah, not fucking a horse. I meant more like like the bid mechanic. Oh, got you. <laughs> yes, keep that keep that tabletop only. Yeah, just use a hobby horse. Uh, X card. I would. You know what? I think not fucking them, but I think that having a game where where you have you have to have a hobby horse between between your legs at all times would be great. <laughs> <laughs> just like it's like like playing um like whenever you want to travel anywhere you have to have a hobby horse between your legs and like do and like do the do the bouncing motion as though you're riding a horse <laughs> and that and that's how you handle in inverted commas fast travel yeah it's three days march from here yeah okay just bob up and down for half an hour while you talk to the dwarves <laughs> <laughs> that means you've got to go upstairs to the spare bedroom and back <laughs> on the hobby horse oh that'd be great but like, but like, imagine, imagine. So, so like, in in every single moment of these laps, there's this like, 
brothers. We have been beaten down for decades. And today, we fight back. Today, we march for war. As there's like... Oh, down, boy. As there's like... Monty, hold. There's 40 of you, all done up in full LARP kit, with the hobby horses between your legs. Yep. Or like even not done up in full LARP kit. Like actually like having that as like for, for a pervasive game you play in the city. Um, but that's that's the indicator of a player. Is that they have a hobby horse between their legs. <laughs> oh. We must get to Camden to hold back the hordes. Have, have like have like a War of the Roses game. <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, good. Um, for the next question comes in from Lurkin and Twerkin. Lurkin mm, Twerkin. Yes, sorry, I, I mispronounced all of that. The next question comes in from Lurkin and Twerkin. Oh yeah. Um, he just says high fantasy sports. Question mark. There's no question mark. Oh okay. So you just think- want a list. Can you think of some high fantasy sports for um, for this looking and twerking? I can think of some that already exist that we can extrapolate from. Like Dragon Rugby. <laughs> yes, Dragon Rugby already exists. No, I meant we're extrapolating from rugby. From rugby? From rugby and putting in dragons. Yeah, like like, like Quidditch is... Oh, I see. So, 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 so what you mean is you take an existing fantasy sport? No, what I'm saying, like, like Quidditch is essentially a very complicated game of football. What other fantasy sports already exist, Chris? Because there's Quidditch and Blitzball from Final Fantasy. Okay, that is in the, it. Does have fantasy in the name? Yeah, Wizard yeah. Chess. Also Wizard Chess. Fact, that's not a sport. That's just chess. Yeah, chess is not a sport, people. Yeah. Um, I can't think mag- of that many. Mag- I, I don't think there's that many fantasy sports actually, Chris. No. Um, magic missile darts. Oh, that's Although good. they would, they would just always hit. So it's not really exciting. Don't magic missiles only ever hit people? Like, you can't target inanimate objects with it. I don't know. That's a bit of a dick move, isn't it? What if I want to shoot the gun out of someone's hand? No, you have to... Welcome to Dungeons and Dragons. That's not what this is for. You have to beat them right in the guts. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think you understand. These are meat-seeking missiles. So, like... So, like... So, does it do fire? No, it's force. Doesn't leave... Doesn't leave a bruise. Like a fine Valencia orange. All the bleeding's internal. (laughs) Man, you're you're as bad as Melf with his acid arrow. Yeah, what a dick. I just want to melt off faces. I just like to burn them. <laughs> Otherwise, cops come round. They'll never identify the body. <laughs> you got to start with the teeth first. They don't like burning those teeth. Teeth and hands. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll cut this down. Like, Thank just you. So, it looks, so it looks like we were really smart. Albert riding? Is horse riding a sport? I think I think what you're looking for there for there is an Albert rodeo. Oh. How long can oh. you stay on the Albert? How long can you stay alive? Yeah. And like instead of clowns you've got fucking clerics running in. <laughs> Just regeneration. Put it, put put the arm back on. Put the arm back on. Albert Stampede running with the bulls. Oh, just Albert you just Tampere. you just released them in a Spanish town. Yeah, and then I mean, it's not really a fantasy sport. That's, that's just more of an incursion from the play world. <laughs> <laughs> that's an issue. Actually, well, come to think of it, it would, be, it would probably be a sport for whoever controls the Albers. Like, so it would be like a phase sport. Yeah. Unleash the Albers. <laughs> mm. 
and um, and whoever survives, I will wed <laughs> to the elders. <laughs> All of them, and then there's quite a touching ceremony. I'm capricious like that, being a fairy. I want to say, I want to say armadillo balls, but that's not fantasy. That's just, that's just difficult balls. Yeah. So the trick is so like sports involve putting a ball in a place. So I I view sports as like you can have like synch- well, synchronized swimming or something. You can have synchronized like spell casting and stuff. That could yeah. work, but I'm not hugely interested in sports where you're not interacting with each other. No, you want like, direct competitive. I like there should be two forces or more, I guess, if you if you're nasty, but two forces fighting against each other in some sort of simulated combat situation, trying to achieve a goal which the other team can influence. So football, you're trying to make the ball go in the place and the other team are like, well, I can't let that happen. I'd, ra- I'd rather not. I'd rather that it went in this place over here. Can we have a discussion about this? No, let's just kick the ball. Yeah. And similarly, rugby, I want to put the ball in the place. Hockey, I want to put the ball in the place. Puck. Um, that's ice hockey. Oh, yes it is. I can't think of any fantasy sports. I'm, what? I'm trying on, to like... think of them, but like all I keep going back back to is that Mayan game where you've got the hoop midway through the court and they've got to arse it in. We tried playing that in primary school. Really? We didn't do that. Yeah, we didn't do the whole, like, you're killed if it touches the ground thing. Yeah. Um, I think like the, the losing team was sacrificed rather than you're killed if it touches the ground. It's very difficult. I, think they, I, didn't, I don't think they used a regulation netball. No. no. I, I, I believe it was more of a hacky sack. I th- yeah, I mean, like that seems tossable from an elbow. Yeah, it just seems like they just destroy themselves on the ball. I thought it's already hard enough throwing a ball through a hoop. Yeah, it's not only to say like you have to do it like catching pound coins off your elbow. That's a dragon thing. jousting. Dragon jousting. Hey, dragon. When you're jousting. riding a horse, holding a dragon like a lance. No, you don't call it fucking lance jousting, do you? No, but I'm trying Maybe. to make it more fantasy. Well, you're riding a dragon, which is pretty fantastical, seeing as they don't exist. Uh, Unicorn jousting. That works. There's no way either unicorn is coming out of this alive. (laughs) No, everything (laughs) dies. (laughs) There's a 400% casualty rate for every single bear. Yeah. Tarask hunting? First one to... (laughs) Tarask tag. Tarask tag. First one to tag the Tarask. You've got to slap it. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Wins. Yeah. Uh, this, I, you know what? I thought this question would be would fare better than it did. Ask me another one. All right. Uh, this comes from Elessa in the Hearty Dice Discord. How Hello, do you Elisa. deal with a group who piss about in character at every slight opportunity? I don't see the issue with this. Do not. If it's in character. Yeah, but if they're just pissing about, they're not advancing anything. Well, are they having fun? Maybe, but not the right sort of fun. Ah, uh, here we co- here we are. I suppose like the issue is um, rather than having player like oh my, my players are having the bad kind of fun. If your players are having fun, then you're doing your job right. But if you're not having fun, you're doing your job wrong because also it's not a job. You're not being paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is this is like, presumably this is this is a hobby activity you're all engaging in, and as as, as the games master, you've you've picked a more um, you know authoritative overseer role. And you need to, you need to still have fun. Otherwise, there's no point you doing the thing. And like, there's I, I, everyone has everyone has has run a campaign at some point in their life where they're like, oh god, I don't want to. Yeah. Oh, I just, I've got to stab the monsters. I've got to get on the bus and go to the place and do that. Oh god. And that's that, that's a shame. But I mean, I think because like GMs 
GM seem to have a, a measure of homework compared to other characters, to other players, yeah. uh, which isn't fun. But I think like, if you're not having fun, then, then you talk to the players and say, hey guys, like, I know you're having fun, but it's not great. I'm, I'm not really enjoying this. And like, can we, you know, the standard advice for all is to talk to your players. But if you don't wish to talk to your players and want to use Darren Brown style, style mind tricks, um, have the plot interrupt their fun times. Yeah, the, the the key is to keep them so occupied they don't have time to piss about. Or if they are pissing about, have like have like oh we're going to uh, we're, we're gonna we're, we're gonna chase dogs for a while and you're like okay uh, give me a plot Chris. Uh, there are goblins in a mine. Cool. Okay. Uh, you chase a dog down a mine and meet some goblins. Yeah. Or you chase a dog and it turns out it's just three goblins in a dog costume. It's three. It's three dogs in a goblin costume. Ooh. And then three of those inside a bigger dog costume. Ha- hang on. So it's three dogs in a goblin costume. Yeah. So we're talking very small dogs, like like Chihuahua size. Yeah, very tiny dogs. Tiny, oh, tiny dog. Well, I don't like Chihuahuas very much, but like m- maybe maybe like a little French bulldog. Yeah, but a babby French bulldog. Three babby, three three French bulldog puppies in a goblin costume, and like yep. that would be that would be an adorable goblin because its head would keep falling off, and, and right. the head the head legs would come out, and then that's piloting a larger dog costume. Yeah, three of I those. Think, I think, at, at at best, in this situation, it's going to look like the dog's having a stroke. Yeah, but mainly, I at just worst, want, I just it's... want a goblin to fall apart into cute little puppies. That would be, but nice. like lots of them. Wouldn't that be better? Like when you kill the goblin, a bit like in Sonic, when you jump on a, on, on one of the robots and you, and the, the, a nice a nice animal comes out. Yeah. Never really. Here's a question, Chris, about yeah. Sonic the Hedgehog. And I want you to answer this one seriously, because we can all think of some funny goofs around this. But seriously, why rings? Why rings? That's a, that's a genuinely good question. Because Mario collects coins, which are intrinsically valuable. I understand this. Yeah. I don't... Like, rings are also, I guess, intrinsically valuable. But they don't form... And like, and, like, and so, like, he eats mushrooms, which give him strength. Food gives you strength. Mushrooms give you the capacity to believe you're larger if they're a special kind of mushroom. That has a certain real-world analogy, but it seems so, so tethered in... It like, at no point has anyone explained, oh, by the way, here's what the mushrooms do. By the way, here's what happens. It's always like, here's a giant lizard. He wants to fuck your wife. Um, he's going to take her away, and you have to stop that from happening. I think that's pretty much the theme of every Mario game, That right? is Mario, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I... I've noticed throughout Sonic the Hedgehog, there's much more attention paid to the lore. Yes, they they do go more for story. There's much more canon involved, and so, for example, like the Chaos Emeralds can be used to create nuclear weapons. I know this because I wrote sort of erotic Sonic fan fiction for a uh, stage show I was in last week. It was very sexy. I'm sure. Mm. And I just no one like. It's gone to all the details of what the Chaos Emeralds do and why they do what they do and the protectors and like what and like, there's kind of like there's there's different races of creatures and there's you know and chili dogs and all sorts of things and then there's sexy rings. bats, sexy bats, bats but with with breasts and why does he collect rings and then you touch a spike and all the rings come out and then you have to collect the rings again before you die? Why is that a thing? I can't find an explanation for it anywhere online. And like, it if you doesn't ask, make a whole bunch of sense, no. If you ask on Twitter, you get an awful lot of bigamy jokes. Okay. Which, coincidentally, given my research, I'd found a lot of big Amy pictures as well. Oh. <laughs> uh, which is Sonic's Sonic's girlfriend. And, and there's Big the Cat, of course. 
Big the cat, yeah. Who is who is like who who is not natural? Who who's naturally big? Big Amy has been inflated through some means and is either angry at this fact or has eaten Sonic the Hedgehog, and Sonic the Hedgehog is angry at this fact. Sonic, being a bratty sub, doesn't like being eaten in Vorporn. <laughs> what a world! Oh, what a world! This this really got so. How do you? How, how would you deal with groups who are pissed about in character, Chris? I would. I, I, I would. Eat them, yes. Put them in your I, belly. Where I it's would comfortable. consume them into my doughy form. Mm. Um, no, I would just interrupt mm. with with plot. Yeah. Like, well, you're doing that, and the the tavern you're in's on fire. Yeah. Or like, actually, um, because you were doing this, the enemy's got an advantage over you. And it's yeah. not like, and, and it's not like the enemy's got an advantage of you, so you all get shot in the back, lose forty hit points. But it's more, aha, they have a superior position, or aha, they've stolen the princess, and they're going to go fuck her, and they're a giant lizard, that sort of thing. Yes. Um, because Mario was talking about, I don't know, socket wrenches. I don't know what plumbers do. Plum. But in in that way, you're sort of rewarding their play in a way. So like, you're not punishing them for role playing, but you're but but you're rewarding their interaction with the world by saying, okay, you did this, and then the bad man, or woman, or lizard, does the thing that you don't want. But yes. it, it, they do it in a way which rolls into the fact that you didn't do, that, that, that you, you were pissing about chasing you dogs. You could have stopped this. You could have stopped this. This was preventable. And now, and now Peach is honestly really into it. Yep. Peach, Peach I don't think this is a kidnapping at all. I think no. Peach is actually, yeah. This is an abscondment. This is an eloping. You're being, you're, you're taking, and honestly, like Mario doesn't look like he's much cop. No, like he doesn't talk much. He goes like, "Waha, woo, woohoo!" Um, Bowser has like a castle. The flies, landowner. Landowner, like flying castle owner. Never mind land. Yeah. He's got. I mean, he's got kids from a previous marriage. I don't know where yeah, those kids came from. Previous relationship. Yeah. Well, he's got kids, so presumably, like, he can fuck Mario. Oh, one would kids. hope. Mario, Mario does not have kids. Oh, well, I mean, there's the Mario babies. Well, no, that, that's that's Mario when he was a baby. Is that's it? Mario. I believe so. Yes. Oh. That's when. That's when. That's when he forged that bond with Yoshi. Uh, which he would, which which would later allow him to ride Yoshi off cliffs and then jump off his back to extend the reach of his jump, <laughs> <laughs> throwing his best and longest friend into the dirt. It's into an infinite pit. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know where that fucking I, goes. It's, pro- it's probably it's probably not an infinite pit. Yeah, like, it's, it's, it probably just just finishes like a foot off screen and Yoshi just breaks both of his knees. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question. Ask me it. Zimbrelin, the wizard, asks. How do you stop players from having everyone trying every skill check? Because eventually someone will roll well. Have something happen with the first skill check. Mm-hmm. For good or ill. Yeah. But have something happen. Yeah, for sure. And that's that whole failing forward thing. Or at least failing sideways. Yeah, but, I, I um, prefer failing sideways. Yeah, definitely. I think that um, when a player rolls a dice, that's, that's their cue to you. Saying, hey, I want the world to change. Yep. Please help. And so that will allow them to manage that in some way. I think, like, like ha- having an informal rule that you can't just use the same because, like, it's really boring. Like, I, I want to make a spot check. Oh, okay, I'm going to make a spot check. Oh, I'm going to make a spot check. It's like it's just all roll. Or yeah, like, or like, with... if, if 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 it's interesting, just I'll just tell you what's there. You know? Yeah, I mean, with 
regards to things like spot checks and knowledge checks and that sort of yeah. stuff, you can kind of intuit who is going to be the most useful person for that. Yeah. Um, I've, I've, and I've who never... would be the most interesting if they saw that. I've never been like, yes, I passed, I, I passed this knowledge check. Awesome. It's like, yeah, no, that like, is fair. Just, I think my, my the, the, the phrase I use with this, and so like I'll, when I'm describing something in the world, I'll point to a player and say, and of course, you'll know that, and tell them how that works in that way. So like, you know, like you're going into a wizard's college, and you'll say, and like, uh, so the wizard's college is a, is a, a towering, um, building of specially treated mahogany to protect it from the elements it's dark dark almost black wood um which smells of um strange etheric spices and you point to the wizard and you'll know that this is magically protected by the uh by the chains that bind an angel underneath the place rather than roll me a knowledge check roll me a knowledge check um well i add 20 because i'm the wizard so i've got 21 is that enough yes that's enough no no, I said, no. Well, okay. I guess I don't explain the world to you. Yeah, and, and again with like spot hidden. Well, you missed the clue. Yeah, I, it's in in that binary way. It's kind of. I mean, like, there's kind of a fun thing you can get is like when you completely fuck up a knowledge check, and it's like, oh, okay, you believe this, and then you must act on it. Yeah, and that's kind of fun, but it kind of leads you to kind of kind of a daft madcap situation, which I don't hugely enjoy. No, it can, like, it can get very silly very quickly. It means you aren't controlling that um, that failure. Like like we were saying earlier in the podcast about having a system where it's like, oh, you know what? My character flaw is I dramatically misinterpret things. <laughs> and leaning forward, I bet you're gonna, I bet you're gonna dramatically misinterpret what's keeping this wizard tower up. <laughs> yes, I am. I think it's me. It's me <laughs> and my pixie army. <laughs> um, I think like. Possibly having like once you've once you've attempted and failed a skill check, you can't then use that same skill to overcome the problem. No, that that's about failing failing sideways. Yeah. So if you're picking the lock, you've broken the lock. Yeah. The lock is now unusable. Nothing yeah. you do is going to do that. Or like I, I, I've never seen a lock like this. I don't know how to pick it. They, yeah. must, they, they must have bought this in from elsewhere. I've, I've, I've got no idea how to do this. Or, like, I don't have the right tools, guys. I'm sorry, I can't do this. I need to go back home and do it. We'll, we'll have to find something else. Like those locks with those cool, flexible keys. What? There's um, locks you, you can get that have where the key is actually a flexible piece of metal. Whoa. Um, it's like a, it's like um, Ivy's Chainsword from Soul like Calibur. A, like a fencing key. Oh, no, okay, right, sure. Um, and what you do is you push it into the lock, and it... it Bends round corners. Ah, that's pretty swish. And then you turn it so that you you can't pick it because you can't get a lock pick in Ooh. to the right place. It's impossible. Mm. Which is very clever. Shall we go for our last question? Let's do the last question. Mm. The last question is from Trivia Lad. Trivia Lad. What's the best way to handle in-party betrayals, whether short-term, mind control, etc., or long-term? I don't know. In-party betrayals is one of those questions that comes up every now and again, and it's, it's always a nightmare. It's so hard, because, like, cracking story if you pull it off. Yeah. I think I think the way in which I tend to do this is I would rather have it arise as a, method, as, as a mechanical concern. Okay. So... Rather than dickbag thief. Rather than dickbag thief. Um, so it's a mechanical concern, and then what you do is rationalise past actions under this new light. 
Okay. So, so let's say, for example, um, we're uh, we're fighting to save the orphanage, and then the thief rules betray orphanage, and then it's <laughs> a, and, and it's like, oh, actually, the only reason why I was I was fighting to save the orphanage is so I can get into their coffers and um, deliver them off to Big Mick, who lives down the docks. I like that, and because that means that everyone's like like everyone's role playing just normally. It's not like you don't have to suspect anyone because you go in on, on under the understanding that everyone's basically fine, and then I think we did some spy actually. And there, like you, you also go in knowing that there are a set of there are a set of mechanics which will set up that you will betray the party. And I think if you if you're worried like if you're worried saying well well how will I role play knowing that I'm that I'm going to betray the party like it's 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 going to be a much more exciting twist. If it turns out you're betraying us all along, and you didn't know, and I think like it, it, it gives you it gives you that same level of oh boy um, excitement when when there's a fun betrayal in a yeah. story without having to like mitigate it or like the other issue which which really bothers me for betrayals is running the fact that the that the, you only have one method of interacting with the world, which is the GM. Um, if you're all sitting around the table. Uh, only one of you can talk to the games master at once, and therefore you can only have attention, like screen time, as it were, for one character at once. Yeah. So if one of you is trying to betray the rest of the party, they have to take the GM off to one side if they want to have it fully secret, and then they have to be like, yeah, but don't ask questions about what's going on here. Or they have to pass them notes, and it waters down the um, the overall enjoyment because, like, I'm okay with I'm okay with splitting the party and having different scenes, but you have to understand that when you're role playing, your players are also your audience, and so if if what if one of that split party uh, session in in with one part of that session involves taking the GM out of the room and leaving the rest of the players on their own, then they're not playing what's happening. They're not they're not watching the game happen, and that's upsetting. No, I think it's not a, it's not a, a fun use of time. No, and so you you have to, you have to remember you know role playing games have to be a fun use of time and like I guess if if, you're, if all your players really get off on doing the whole sort of betraying each other, then run a LARP. Yeah, um, that's that seems to be what LARPs are about, especially vampire LARPs. Run a really do... good murder mystery party. Yeah, yeah, I'd be interested in having a bash at a murder mystery party. I think that could be quite good fun. I think I'd like an in depth one. How in depth? Are we talking red string? No, well, not necessarily that in depth, but more so than the ones that you buy at a party shop. Yeah, okay. You know, having like, having like, I think it'd be interesting to have like a character booklet or like or like um, branching path. The narrative yeah, yeah, you get your, you get your playbook. Actually, it could be really interesting to have uh, like you get your playbook, and um, the idea is that this is an improvised story. So like, you have to try and work out who who, who the murderer is. And, mm-hmm. and the murderer could change depending on what you do as well. But, th- but we, we accept this is an improvised story. You, you'll be in character for the entirety of the night. You have your, um, you have like the, perhaps like you have your character folio disguised as the, is your invitation. They're like, I have summoned you all here tonight for the purposes of a murder. That sort of thing. Mm-hmm. You have, you have like a nice leather band book. And then you'll have objectives. So like at 7.15, meet this person here and talk to them about this. And then another 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 player might have at seven seven fifteen. Observe the meeting in the hall. At seven fifteen, murder this person. At seven fifteen, choke someone out in the middle of the dinner table, and then say if anyone says that you did it, you'll kill them as well. Yeah, but you can also do nice things like these three facts are true about you. Yeah, 
and then under each heading, there's three choices, and you pick one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah that'd be fun. And so that it's it's a little bit different each time. And I think that like having ha- having like these big um, bro. I mean, what we've described is a LARP, Chris. Yeah, I mean that's what um, a murder mystery party is. I think well, like like uh, murder mystery parties tend to be more. You come along in character. Some things happen. You observe the things that happen. You do some bad acting, and then you sort of guess who the person is. No, you, sounds you, rubbish. You guess who the murderer is. But I'd be interested in having a more focused, improvised experience around the excuse of dressing up as a 1920s flapper girl and getting pissed. Yeah, that sounds like quite a nice way to do things. The, the dress would suit you. I'd, honestly, I've not got the legs for it. No, but I think I think you could pull off that that cool like beaded hat. I reckon I could probably make a bearded hat. A bearded hat. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have two beards. Um, yes, so I think that's the way you handle in party patrols. What was the answer? Yes. Um, th- oh, yes, they rise mechanically. <laughs> yes, that mechanically rather than just, I'm going to uh, knife the paladin. Just, just Why? Do it no- yeah, just do it normally. And uh, it's just play normally, and then it turns out you're betraying people. I know that it's maybe less, like, satisfying narratively. Organic. From a it, well, it's well, it's, it's bloody organic because it turns out that it t- turns out you were improvising. Yeah, I guess. Uh, so it, it turns out you were betraying. I think that like if you can pull it off, I've heard stories of, of like of, of like counter agents working against the players in groups for years, and that being really exciting, and like players having their suspicions. And talking to the GM via email and that sort of thing, but I can't be bothered to do that. That sounds like the sort of thing which I'd be like, oh, like we had, um, we had a, we had, a, we had. A, I'll, I'll, we'll wrap up the podcast soon. But we had a had a mage game which I was in many many years ago. Uh, and Chris, you were in very briefly until you exploded in the first game from Paradox. Yep. And that ended. That was a fifty-player LARP, give or take. And that ended when one of the characters decided she wanted to summon a being, which ended the world. And apparently, oh. apparently, the refs gave us clues about this, and then they informed us in downtime that the world ended. And mm. fuck you, <laughs> fuck you. Mm. I just bought some kit. <laughs> oh, good. So that 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 really bothered me for that, and that, that was a betrayal. Which is just like, well, you can't play the game anymore, and that was that was really dull. So I think having it, so like having everyone be on the same page, and then oh, actually, actually, it was a betrayal, and this is how you find out. This is how you turn. And that's exciting for me. Yeah. Um, right. Christopher, we've talked for long enough. We have I talked ha- for a very long time. I have to go and make some lunch for my hungry Ooh, belly. Delicious. I'm having a fry up. Ooh. Mm. So, um, shall I do the pictures? So, sorry, the, the, um, the shill. Please, please do. <clears throat> if you've liked what you've heard here today, you can go to www.patreon.com forward slash hearty dice friends and give us some money per episode. We love it when people give us money. It's great. It also means that we can keep doing this and have it be our jobs. So seeing as this is our jobs, it means it's good rather than we both get in from our jobs and our day jobs and we're tired and, and stressed out and then we record a shitty podcast. Um, that, that helps support us through our career as um, as games designers, which is ridiculous uh, and wonderful. So thank you so game much, designers. Maverick games designers. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, rising indie superstars. Um, so you can you can contribute there. You can also come and hang out on the Discord, which is nice. We have all, we always have some sort of cute animal thread going on. It's mainly capybaras at the moment. Um, it's always capybaras because capybaras are the best. They're pretty much the best. I'm a, I'm a goat fan, but capybaras have that wonderful, calm, placid face, which I enjoy. Nobility. 
Um, if you want to keep up to date with what's going on, you, I can recommend that you you follow Hearty Dice, sorry, HDF Podcast on Twitter. Although generally we're about two weeks behind, <laughs> <laughs> so I need to get better at that. Um, if you want to send us, an, if you also want to send us a question, uh, you can. So uh, if you if you back us as a patron, you can come and hang out in the Discord and put us a question through on there. You can also submit it on Twitter. We can email it to us at heartydicefriends at gmail dot com. Um, the last thing I want to back is the Spire pre-orders. If you like what we're writing, if you if you like what we're what we're talking about here, and you're like these guys sound great. I want to buy their books, but not immediately. I want to buy a book next year, but give them the money now. Then what I want you to do is go to <laughs> what, a um, what a system is go to um, spire-rpg.backerkit.com forward slash hosted underscore pre-orders. Oof. Oh, the URL. Um, and you can and you, you can pre-order a copy of our game. You can get the PDF. You can get the um, you can get the uh, all all the uh, stretch uh, the, the stretch goals and the Kickstarter. You can buy those as well, um, or you can get uh, anything up to a luxury edition of the game, which comes with all sorts of nice um, special printing stuff. Um, and it's grim. It's a it's a body horror fantasy punk game about re- about rebellion and people having so much fun with it, and it's really exciting. And Chris, we done a thing. We did a thing. We've done a thing. Thank you so much for listening. We love you. You are um, the best. I want to bring you breakfast in bed. Oh, thanks. I want um, another listener. Oh. I'll bring I you mean, breakfast want... in bed. Yeah. You know, if you want. Just, just hoping there's more to go around. Uh, but you're quite a private person. You don't like me coming into your bedroom when you're there. It's weird. Yeah, I know. I, I love it when people come to my bedroom, especially especially if, if, they, if they have a, um, a, a tray of um, English breakfast tea, with a, pot of, a pot of English breakfast tea. Uh, two eggs, two sausage, two bacon, and one of those nice toast racks. Oh yes, I, it's um, been a while since I've actually seen a toast rack. A rounded metallic toast rack, and they're they're, they're crucial because otherwise you get toast sweat Ugh, from the condensation. Wet well, you don't want wet toast, do you? Use a toast rack. I I love you very much, and I wish to bring you this and a freshly ironed copy of the morning's paper, and for us to have a lingering moment of eye contact as I pass it over, belying a friendship that perhaps goes beyond master and servant. Mm. Hmm. Maybe more. Maybe more. Um, we'll see you next week, as ever. Um, I've been Grant Hammett. I've been Chris Taylor. And we've been the Hearty Dice Friends. Goodbye! Goodbye! Goodbye.